Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is leadership and mentorship. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Let's begin with prayer. Father, as we now begin our our last sermon in the Back to Basics, we pray that you will be with us. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. There once was a lion who was the king of the jungle. However, he sometimes needed to be reassured of his status as the king of the jungle. So every once in a while, he would go and he would ask the other animals, who is the king of the jungle? However, this one time, he bypassed all of the smaller animals. And he went straight to the bear. And he asked, bear, who is the king of the jungle? And the bear said, oh, of course, you are the king, Mr. Lion. You are the king of the jungle. He then went to the tiger. And he asked the tiger, tiger, who is the king of the jungle? And the tiger responded, why, Mr. Lion, you are the king of the jungle. And then next, he went to the elephant. And when he got to the elephant, he asked the elephant, Mr. Elephant, who is the king of the jungle? And immediately, the lion, in classic Looney Tunes fashion, took his trunk. He put his trunk underneath the lion, and he spun him around five, maybe six times, and then he threw him on top of a tree. And when he got to the tree, gravity took effect, and the lion went down, 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 brushing every branch to the bottom. And finally, after he had hit the bottom, the lion scooped him up with his trunk and flung him in to the pond. The lion much like a cat that's been wet, got out of the water. He'd been a little bruised. His ego had been a little battered. He asked, he then told the elephant, look, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean you have to be mean about it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Leadership. King of the jungle signifies that he is a leader. I've heard the quote... And I wish I had known this when I first started ministry, even when I became a leader. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Whether you are the president of a company, whether you're a supervisor, whether you're a parent, whether you're an oldest brother or sister, you are a leader. And leadership in the church is vital and critical. When I think of leadership, I think of the Gospel of Acts. In the Gospel of Acts, in chapter 6, we find the apostles who are trying to make this movement go forward. They're busy preaching and teaching and maybe even healing. But at some point... In the midst of everything, we find that there was some trouble. In chapter 6, 
we find in those days when the number of disciples were increasing, because remember in chapter 2, thousands of disciples were coming into, they were making thousands of disciples as they were coming into the church. There was a dispute. The disciples were increasing. The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Got to remember at the time, too, they were, the disciples were kind of on the fringe. They were not well accepted. And sometimes it was better to band together, to live. And so they had to rely on one another. And in this case, the Jewish and the Greek, basically Hellenistic, basically means the Greek Jews. The Greek and the Hebraic Jews got together and they realized they were arguing. So the disciples gathered all of the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And this proposal, it pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so the word of God spread the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So we find that the disciples concluded that they could not do everything. They had to get help. They had to get people who they knew they could trust. And so they asked, who should we elect to help oversee this problem, and not just this problem, but to make sure that things flow smoothly. And so they picked seven men, men of faith, men who are of the spirit, men of integrity. And it was there that the, that the, the disciples could focus on the preaching and the teaching and continue to lead. There's a lot of examples in Scripture about leadership. And one of the things that we have to remember as a leader, just like when we serve, a leader has to be, again, he has to be, he or she has to be humble. You know, one of the common um, uh, misnomers about leadership, at least that I've learned, is as a leader, you don't need to know everything. And what I mean by that is, if you don't know everything, number one, don't be afraid to ask. And as well, surround your people who are knowledgeable about different, uh, different aspects in the job or the, the goal that you're trying to uh, establish. Okay? For instance, I know some music, but Bill and the whole team, they're doing a great job. So continue to do that, right? When I've had questions um, about 
faith and theology, I look at, I, I ask people who I've studied in, uh, either in college, professors, whatnot, that I know I can go to, and I'm not afraid to ask. When I've had challenges when it comes to leadership and and trying to go through a process and work a situation or a solution out, I'm not afraid to ask other people, how did you handle this situation? And being humble is one of the key characteristics that a leader must have. Now, there's a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes it gets the point. So way back in the American Revolution, there was a man who was on a horse, and he was going down the road, and he could see some soldiers who were trying to repair uh, their spot, uh, their, what do you call it, their defensive barrier. And he could see that there was a man yelling at the other guys. He made no attempt to help. He made no attempt to ask what might be the best way we could repair this. He simply was giving instructions. And when the guys tried to do their best and things would get worse, he continued to yell. So he came up to uh, the the corporal and he said, uh, he said, sir, I am the corporal. And the man, he apologized. I'm so sorry. He took his jacket off, he got in the defensive barrier, and he helped the men restore the barrier to what it should have been. And when the job was done, he turned to the corporal, and he said, Mr. Corporal, next time you are in need of some help, please send to the commandant, the commander-in-chief, and I will come and help. And the man himself, maybe some of you know, was none other than George Washington. George Washington was not afraid to help. And one of the things as well about being a leader and being humble is being willing to do something. For everything that I ask of somebody, I should be able and willing to also do it as well. So for instance, I'm going to ask somebody to maybe help clean up, or even if there's a situation with the restroom, I as well should be able to be ready to go and help just as much. I never want to ask somebody to do something that I would not want to be able to do either, okay? Because I need to set the example. So being a leader requires we lead from the front. So again, being humble, don't need to know everything but surround your people who have experience. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And yet a leader also has to have the ability to listen to others. Because we find that when you're surrounded with other people, they'll have great ideas. In fact, really, I, I, one group that I was uh, working with, they, are just, they just started to plant a church. It was a joy and an awesome opportunity to be able to work with them because they came up, they're so creative. They came up with so many great ideas. And to see them grow and to be able to share these ideas, we were able to create a, a ministry that we would meet on Friday nights. And now the project, that ministry has basically ended. But today they launched a new ministry. And 
it was because of their creativity that I was able to learn and to grow from. So be willing to listen to others. And yet as a leader, it's important as well that you're able to teach others and to mentor. Being able to share and lead by example is a key characteristic. But when you lead, you also want to take time to mentor those around you. When I was in junior high, there was a couple, Jan and Retta Michaelis, and later in college, a man by the name of Russ Lorenz, who took the time to get to know all of us, especially in junior high. Praise the Lord, there were parents who wanted to teach in junior high, who wanted to learn, make sure that we were learning about the gospel and about the Bible. And they took an interest, and it didn't just stop in junior high. It continued through high school. And even when I still see them, it's always a joy and an opportunity to be able to catch up and smile and see their faces and see how their families are doing. But they were committed to ensuring that we could grow as Christians from a very young age. And even growing, uh, going into ministry and growing as a leader, as a pastor... It was important for me in my fundamental growth to be able to make sure I could go to somebody and ask questions and be able to be shown how to go forth. One of the ways that we can make this very practical is, for those of you who are younger, we have many people here in this congregation who are mature, wiser, have a lot of life experience of what you should do and also what you should not do. And what I want to encourage is, as we continue and grow in ministry, maybe perhaps uh, an older couple, in a way, can adopt our younger, uh, our young adults or even adopt these uh, younger kids and to be a mentor in life. For those of you who are younger, those who are older have a lot of life experience that they're willing and want to share because they want you to succeed. And it's one of the great things that I see in this church is just VBS alone. Again, I know I talked about this last week a little bit, but they're committed to you. When I saw just as many, basically just as many parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts be there for their kids, that is a great sign that they are invested and interested in you succeeding. So look to them. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Find mentors. And yet as a leader, a leader, as I uh, talked about earlier, similarly, a leader should be able to delegate. Another story that's similar to the book of Acts is also found in the book of Exodus. And in chapter 18, we find Moses, who's with all of the people, and his father-in-law, Jethro, comes to visit him. And he goes out to meet him. They greet each other. It's good to see you. It's been a while. He sees his wife and his two kids. And he explains to Jethro everything that has been happening. 
And so Jethro, in verse 9 of chapter 18, he says, Jethro was delighted to hear about all of the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of Egypt. And he, he, he stops and he praises. He says, Praise to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the land of, from the hand of the Egyptians. Now, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood around him from morning to evening. Can you imagine being the judge for thousands of people trying to settle disputes from morning till evening? Oh, that sounds like a really long time. That just sounds exhausting. And all day they were going to him, bringing their their complaints to him. And he would have to listen. And yet Moses, he was the representative of God to the people. And so there was other things he needed to do as well. He was in charge of thousands of people. And yet here he was from morning till evening listening to everybody. And so when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, this is verse 14, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone as judge while all of the people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses said, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. And so Jethro, he thinks about, man, there's got to be a more efficient way. So he says, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear themselves out. Your work is, the work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Listen to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must bring the people's representatives before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they're to behave, just like the apostles, right? But select capable men from the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens and have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple ones, they can decide themselves. And that way, it will make your load... Anybody know? It will be lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all of these people will go home satisfied. And so Moses, he follows up and they elect individuals, leaders over people, officials to stand over. And they served as judges. And only in the very difficult cases did they go to Moses to seek his wisdom in handling the disputes. And then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jethro returned to his country. There is wisdom in being able to delegate to make not only the the leader be able to effectively lead because he's not having to deal with every single thing. Leaders delegate. Good leaders delegate. And that way other people as well can become involved. So Moses was able to continue 
to seek wisdom from God, to be able to move them forward in their journey. And then finally, maybe some of you this might seem backwards, but a leader, if they train well, they're able to work themselves out of their job. Now, what, is, what do I mean by that? There are they intentionally, once they have everybody trained, they can leave? I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that to be able to lead effectively means you're leading and helping to bring up other leaders. Because over time, perhaps maybe a, a job may come across, somebody has to move. Or maybe over time, a leader's uh, Maybe interests may change and they want to focus on another area. Other leaders need to rise up. One of the things that I firmly believe in is that whenever I go to a church, if that time comes that I have to leave to go to another church or whatever, I want to make sure that the church is able to succeed regardless if there's a pastor or not. And so... Training people is vital that we can have other people to lead and stand up if necessary. So a leader ultimately helps to foster growth, to train, to teach, to mentor, and to lead. And if something happens, there's a shift, there's other capable people of leading. So, Moving forward, may we seek the Lord, may we grow faithfully, may we lead and follow by Jesus' example of loving, of caring, of being empathetic, to listen to others and to work together, to teach, to mentor, and to grow hand in hand. So as we go forward, may you be faithful leaders, not only here in church, but in your home, and in York, wherever you go simply being humble, to listen, to teach, to mentor, and to delegate. May the Lord bless you, lead you, and guide you. Father in heaven, we thank you for all that you are doing. Lord, be with us as a church, as we seek your wisdom, as we seek your will. Guide us, shape us, mold us. And Lord, ultimately, it is only because of you are all things possible. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.